This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed, the playoffs. How about this, Buccaneer fans? Say hello in this crazy 2020 year to the playoffs as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blew away the Detroit Lions on the day after Christmas, 47-7, to clinch their first playoff berth in 13 seasons. It is good to be back in the postseason, courtesy of Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David, Devin White, Rob Gronkowski, just go on and on and on with all these Buccaneer players that helped make the contributions and make it happen. 10 and 5 is good enough to be in right now with no other help in the NFC wildcard picture. So congrats, congrats, congrats. A lot of work still to do. Still haven't done anything in the postseason, but you got to get to the postseason before you can do some damage, and the Bucs have done that by virtue of a blowout win in the Motor City. So welcome in. Special Saturday night edition of the podcast that we are releasing tonight. So wherever you're finding us throughout the weekend, uh, just know that I'm recording this just after the Buccaneers' destruction of the Lions on the special Saturday afternoon. The NFL uh, moving the game to Saturday as part of a triple header, the leadoff of a triple header. And the Bucks, big, big winners in the first game to wrap up their NFC uh, playoff position, at least for this weekend. Guarantee themselves in and now a chance We'll get into this more a little bit later on with a victory to be as high as the five seed in the NFC playoff picture. More on that coming up. So here's what we have in front of us. I've got the highlights from this win, and boy, were there a ton of highlights in the first half as Tom Brady once again picked up right where he left off in the second half in Atlanta last week. 300-plus yards passing last week and three touchdowns in the second half against the Falcons. 340 more yards today in the first half in Detroit and four more touchdowns. My Lord, two halves of football where you have over 700 yards passing and you have seven touchdowns. That's a video game like that is that is not even in this uh, current reality of what you have seen now out of the future Hall of Famer and what he was able to do. So the, the Bucks with an easy win, ton of highlights to get to of Brady's, defense making some plays. Yes, the Lions were hapless, but I say this to you, Buccaneer fans, how many times, especially longtime Buck fans, have we been on the wrong end of getting the absolute daylights beaten out of us at the end of a season? Week 15, week 16, week 17. So uh, just even if it was just for once, to have it on cruise control, beating the crap out of somebody else in Week 16 to make the playoffs. And, of course, that's an old black and blue division team, the Lions, that would always seem to wreak havoc against us, especially with Barry Sanders uh, at the end of seasons, etc. Packers, Bears, Vikings, they, w- they would have no mercy on the Buccaneers at the end of a season. Now it was the Bucks on the uh, on the good end of of putting the boots to the Detroit Lions early and often a team a franchise in disarray having already fired coach Matt Patricia and their GM uh, Bob Quinn earlier in the year and uh, and now having COVID nineteen affect their coaching staff uh, which uh, the interim coach Daryl Bevel couldn't coach the game the defensive assistants couldn't coach the game. Again, that's uh, something that that I'll make mention of here again that we talked about leading up to this one and on the Buccaneers pregame coverage on Buccaneers Radio. That's no one's fault but the Lions coaching staff, that they put themselves in that position and got themselves all in contact with each other to get themselves on the COVID-19 list and couldn't get off of it. That's self-inflicted. 
Nobody's fault but theirs. So it was good that the Bucks were able to take advantage of that because so many years the Bucks have been beat up, bad, awful at the end of the year, playing out the string. The coach is likely getting fired, and another team would have no mercy on the orange creamsicle Buccaneers or even the present day last five, ten years of Buccaneers football. Nobody would have mercy on the Bucks in week 16, week 17. So uh, at least you had some mercy on the Lions because that could have been 70 points. If Tom Brady stays in that game in the third quarter the way the Lions had given up, and I, I know the Bucks got two touchdowns in the third quarter, but if Brady stays in that game with the foot on the gas, you easily get to 50 points and probably easily get to 60 points in that game on the Lions. So uh, the Bucks did call off the dogs with the Hall of Famer. They did leave the defensive starters in, which was interesting, and we'll get to that as we go along. By the way, no matter how you found us, through a social media link, through Buccaneers.com, the mobile app, make sure you subscribe through the mobile app or through uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to Nothing But Bucks, this podcast. It will come automatically to you, as in this case, we come right after the game on the Saturday of Christmas weekend. We will, we will come your way immediately after the game with the Atlanta Falcons next week. Podcast usually ready the morning after the games. But of course, now that we're in the playoffs, we got much more relevance uh, here to go over on Nothing But Bucks, and I'm ready to do that with you. So there's a, there's a friendly promotional reminder to subscribe to the podcast. It'll come automatically to your phone, to your iPad, etc. You get the notification that Nothing But Bucks is, is here. Uh, all right, so we're going to have highlights. You're going to hear post-game interviews with a happy head coach, Bruce Arians. Uh, who leads the Buccaneers to the playoffs, something that obviously Dirk Cutter, Greg Schiano, Raheem Morris, and Lovey Smith unable to do. Raheem was the last coach to get to 10 wins, got to 10-6. and six. Remember the whole race to 10 10 years ago in 2010? They did get to 10 wins. They didn't get in on a tiebreaker. Well, this time you're in with 10 wins uh, at 10-5 and five with one game to go. So congrats to Coach Bruce Arians. You'll hear from him on this podcast. You'll hear from Tom Brady about his amazing day today. Became the Buccaneers' single-season all-time touchdown passer record holder by virtue of what he did today. Uh, Brady also moving up the charts on a number of uh, uh, three touchdown or more games, number of four touchdown or more games, number of connections with Rob Gronkowski in their Hall of Fame careers. As we saw another one today from Brady and Gronk. Uh, by the way, he is now <laughs> in the regular season a perfect nine for nine on Saturday games in the NFL. Tom Brady, we should have known before this Lions game. So you hear from Tom Brady. You're also going to hear from Levante David, one of my favorites. I don't mind admitting this on the podcast. Levante has been through so much. Those coaches that I listed off from Greg Schiano to Lovey Smith to Dirk Cutter and now to Bruce Arians and all these different defenses that have been run. And Levante's been here nine seasons and is finally in a postseason coming this January. Great for him. You're going to hear from him. Our Buccaneers Radio Network interview on the Hooters postgame show with Levante that just concluded a little while ago. I'll replay that for you. You're going to hear from Mike Evans, Monster Day from number 13, including 181 yards. Approaching 1,000 again needs... Just uh, 40 yards more to get into the 1,000-yard club for the seventh consecutive season to start a career. Nobody's ever done that in the NFL. Mike with a bonkers day catching the ball even when you called the dogs off uh, in the second half of this game. You'll hear from Mike Evans on the podcast. And then we've got something special at the end here. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. The authoritative historian 
on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Paul Stewart of the website BuckPower.com. I'll do my British accent. Buck Power. He says, TJ, I want you to be part of a conversation for Buck Power. BuckPower.com is that website, and Paul Stewart will be here. Love the accent from over in England. Uh, from the London suburbs, love Paul's insight, historical perspective. He's going to talk about this Lions game today. We're going to tell playoff stories. You know, the Bucks do have some regular season history with beating the Lions and going to the playoffs. They even have playoff history. You know, the Buccaneers have only won five playoff games in their history. Only five ever. One of those against the Lions, the Tony Dungy-led Buccaneers, won a wildcard weekend playoff game over the Detroit Lions uh, that year as the NFC Central champions. So you're going to hear from Paul Stewart with the historical perspective. I've even got a great story about making the playoffs back in 2005, 2005, 15 years ago now. On Christmas Eve, we made the playoffs. I'm going to share a story about flying 10,000 miles to be part of the Buccaneers making the playoffs on that day, which was a Saturday, Christmas Eve. And this is a Saturday afternoon on the day after Christmas with the Bucks beating the Detroit Lions. So, so much to get to with Paul Stewart later on. Hear that conversation as part of this Nothing But Bucks podcast. All right, without any delay, let's get into the highlights and get into what happened in this one. The setting at Ford Field, freezing cold outside, snow on the ground, feels like temperature of 15 outside, but climate controlled inside, no fans basically there, only a few dozen uh, staff members, player relatives, things like that, that were there at Ford Field for this matchup. And the Buccaneers took the opening toss and wasted no time in saying, we want the ball. They usually like to defer and get the ball to start the second half. They knew the Lions were in big trouble. With Robert Prince, the wide receiver coach, being elevated to interim head coach, with the with the defensive uh, plays being called by an analytics guy who's never been a coach before, pressed into duty because all the assistants couldn't coach the game. Uh, Evan Rothstein is his name. He was asked to call the defense. Yeah, good luck against Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and the Hall of Famer Tom Brady on in-game adjustments and, and what the Bucks were going to do throwing the ball. It, it looked like a complete mismatch as the first half unfolded, and it was from a coaching standpoint. But the Bucks took the ball and said, we want to go after the Lions right here, right now, at the beginning of this game, and boy, did they ever. Uh, just absolutely stomp right down the field. Brady able to get a completion, a long one of 40-plus yards to Chris Godwin. Got a uh, got the Bucks set up for this opportunity with Mean Gene Deckerhoff, the Hall of Famer, on the call for the first score of the day. Second down and seven, the snap. Brady, play action fake, dropping to the looks downfield, throws a deep ball, right sideline, caught ball, Gronkowski, touchdown Tampa Bay! Holy guacamole, what a phenomenal catch by the big tight end former teammate of Tom Brady's in New England. Rob Gronkowski hauling it in from 33 yards out. Again, 82 yards in just six plays for the Bucks to get on the board and lead for good. 6-0. Ryan Suckup's extra point was no good. If you had a criticism from uh, Saturday's win, it would be that Suckup was missing kicks and you also gave up a special teams touchdown. But, hey, we're nitpicking right now in a victory. And for the moment, it was all Buccaneers all the time in the first quarter of this game. Uh, Matt Stafford, who obviously has been a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, has had the Lions in the postseason in the, in the past in his career. He was out there for the opening series but actually got hurt throwing an incompletion. He got rushed by Devin White, and it looked like on the replay that we saw you were a little bit obstructed that White may have stepped on his ankle or he rolled his ankle, one of the two. So uh, 
in this case, Stafford limped off, was trying to warm up over on the sideline, loosen up with the ankle heavily taped, couldn't plant, couldn't move. They wanted to x-ray the ankle. And again, the Lions have nothing to play for. They have been eliminated. Their coach is fired. Their GM is fired. Why are you risking Matt Stafford former injury or further injury in this game? So he left the game after the Lions' first possession, and the Buccaneers just rocked and rolled from here. Uh, Brady again gets a couple of big plays. Leonard Fournette a couple of big runs. The Bucks get right back into scoring position and capitalize right here. Shotgun formation. Here comes pressure. Brady throws the ball toward the near sideline. Caught ball. Touchdown Tampa Bay. It is Mike Evans. 27-yard touchdown catch. And he has two big catches in this opening quarter. The Bucks have scored twice on two possessions. Mike Evans' is 12th touchdown receiving on the season which, uh, again, some have questioned whether or not his numbers and his productivity are there. you got to play all the games. And Ed Evans gets to a 12th touchdown in game number 15, 27 yards officially. First time all season the Bucks scored two touchdowns on the first two possessions. You had to go all the way back to the Charger game for the last time the Bucks had a touchdown on the opening possession of the game. Uh, Buccaneers actually had two scores a couple of different times on the first couple of possessions this season, including in Chicago with a 10-0 lead, a field goal, and a touchdown. Here, though, 13-0. And you could just tell from the body language of the Lions. They put Chase Daniel, the veteran, back up in the game. He's throwing off his back foot. He's being pressured. He's being knocked down. In fact, right here, the Bucks getting after uh, Chase Daniel. There's a quick snap. Chase Daniel wasn't waiting for it. Fourth, he's going to be sacked in the backfield. He is sacked. Buccaneers get another sack out of the defensive line, and it's Jeremiah Ledbetter. Jeremiah Ledbetter with the hit and the sack as the Buccaneers just continue to turn up the heat here the last three games of the season with the sacks, and they're even able to later, in the, later in this game to create a couple of turnovers. So great job. Uh, by the defense to hold the Lions in, force the punt. Bucks get the ball back again. Buccaneers are forced to punt, but the defense uh, just does a good job of playing field position, getting off the field, and finally Brady gets things cranked up once again with a couple of completions, one to Chris Godwin over the middle. You get a screen pass to Leonard Fournette. They ran a little no huddle early on in the second quarter, got inside the five-yard line, and that led to this. Here is the snap, feed the ball to Fortnite, up the gut for it, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers lead 19 to nothing on the Leonard Fournette ram right up the gut. Love the Hall of Famer, Mean Gene Deckerhoff. Leonard Fournette's rushing touchdown caps off a 51-yard drive here to make the game 20 to nothing. And you could absolutely see at this point at Ford Field, the Lions had no interest any longer in tackling or fighting off blocks. It's a name your score situation for the Bucks, and that would just continue uh, throughout the rest of this first half as they were pulling away uh, against this Lions team with nothing to play for without their coaching staff, beaten down, demoralized, and the Bucks say, you know what, let's go 91 yards on the next drive with Tom Brady at the helm, making throws to Mike Evans, and then eventually finding another target here. Brady will throw toward the end zone. His catch, it's caught ball. Touchdown, Chris Godwin. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great grab of the left corner of the end zone. Chris Godwin holding in that touchdown. 27-0 whitewash in this opening half. A laugher. Uh, and again, if you're the Bucks trying to punch your ticket for the playoffs, blow the Lions out. That was the objective. That is exactly what they did on the Saturday after Christmas at Ford Field. Tackle on one more touchdown late in the half 
I love how the mentality from Bruce Arians, the play caller Byron Leftwich, and Tom Brady was, let's go get some more. Don't, don't give them any hope or any chance to get back in the game. Go get one more because the starters were likely not going to play very much, if at all, in the second half. And they got that touchdown, the fourth one of the half for Brady right here. Stack receivers to both sides, an extra tight end on the left edge. Brady looks, looks, fires a shot toward the zone. It's caught, caught, touchdown Tampa Bay. It is caught by Antonio Brown, a defender on him. He's got a touchdown grabbing two games in a row now. And the Buccaneers lead 33 to nothing. 32 times now, four or more touchdowns in a game. In a game for Tom Brady, this was the first half of this game where Brady throws for four scores, and it's 34-0, the largest Buccaneer lead ever at a half. Never been up 34 points, 34-0. It's, it's only the second time in franchise history that you've had as many as 34 points in a half. And uh, that was the game against the uh, then uh, Oakland Raiders in 2012, where you scored 35 points in the second half of that game. That's where Doug Martin went crazy with the single game rushing record. It had three long touchdown runs. You scored 35 points in the second half of that game. Uh, and here you get 34 points in the first half of this one. So that leads you into halftime. Uh, it, it was obvious they were going to rest Tom Brady, but defensive starters were out on the field to start the second half. And on the first play, Daniel completes a pass uh, to DeAndre Swift, the running back uh, out of Georgia, the rookie running back, and he's stripped by Levante David. They had to review it. It was a challenge by Bruce Arians. They reviewed it, and the Bucks got the strip. Uh, Swift was not down. Uh, Jordan Whitehead fell on the football, so uh, another takeaway for this Buccaneer defense. It's getting better at taking the ball away, and it sets up the first offensive play. Five seconds into the second half, you're running your first offensive play after the fumble. New quarterback for the Bucks. five seconds into the half. Gabbard drops the throw, looks toward the end of the throw. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. It's Rob Gronkowski, a post route and a perfect throw by Blaine Gabbard. How about that? Bullet from Blaine Gabbard to Rob Gronkowski for his second touchdown of the day, his first two touchdown game of the season as a Buccaneer. 40 to nothing, 10 seconds into the second half. And if, if anybody had any thought of the Lions trying to do anything in the second half, it was over there. They did get a punt return touchdown, since this is nothing but Bucks, and it's all about making the playoffs and happy things. We won't play the highlight. But Jamal Agnew got a 74-yard punt return for a score. That took away the shutout, but then the Bucks just played with pride from there on out, including how about Anthony Nelson, a, uh, a reserve pass rusher, getting into the act of getting after the quarterback. Here's the snap at Blau. Looks up. He's going to be sacked. He's crunched and sacked at the 41-yard line. Was that Anthony Nelson that got to him? I think it was. Nelson gets him on the ground there. Part of a three-sack day for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they just continued to do whatever they wanted on both sides of the ball. And that would lead to Mike Evans. We knew, we knew he was looking to have big stats the final two games. He almost was looking to get to 1,000 yards. Uh, with 220 yards in the final two games is what he needed. He was trying to get that on Saturday at Ford Field. Here's Evans uh, one more time with the Bucks leaving him in late third quarter. Gabbard under center and takes the snap and drops seven steps back. Looks upfield, throws a deep pass down the... It's caught ball! Touchdown, Mike Evans! Easy pickings for number 13. Gabbard's throw two touchdowns here in the third quarter. Blaine Gabbard hooking up with a wide-open Mike Evans alone at the one-yard line. Again, Detroit just in complete disarray on defense. Um, you know, you, you can say what you will 
about uh, analytics and paper and stats guys, but an analytics guy got a dose of reality of being undermanned and going against a Hall of Fame quarterback because no matter what he was trying to dial up, good Lord, the Bucks just uh, threw on him with Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbard. It's the first time ever you're going to hear Paul Stewart and I talk in Buck history. First time ever a combined six-touchdown game for a Buccaneer quarterback, four by Brady, two by Gabbard. You can't say enough about the mentality here of, uh, of Bruce Arians and uh, and Byron Leftwich stay on the gas and keeps going. And they left Mike Evans in in the fourth quarter trying to get him the record, and we're still throwing him the ball. Drawing a pass interference penalty, got another completion in the fourth quarter. So you were you were staying on it, and the Bucks left no doubt uh, here that they were going to win in blowout fashion at 47-7. The clock continued to roll. The Buccaneers got the ball back one more time with about four minutes left. Got a first down. Got the got the game clock under two minutes. Uh, and then ran the clock out as uh, as they got this blowout win on Sunday. Can't say enough. Uh, again, they're not going to qualify. I know these these last three wins have been against three teams with losing records. Vikings at home, Falcons on the road, Lions on the road. But they don't qualify your wins at the end here. It just matters, did you win? And now 10-5 for the Bucks. First time with a 10-win season since 2010. First time with a 10-5 season going all the way back to 2005. That year you finish 11-5 and made the postseason as the NFC South champs. You can't win the division this year because the Saints had already done that on Friday on Christmas Day with winning the NFC South for the fourth straight year. But a playoff spot goes to the Buccaneers, and right now you're in great shape to be as high as the fifth seed coming in the final week of the season. More on that in a little bit when we talk with Paul Stewart, et cetera, and wrap the show up. Now, let's go to our Hooters postgame show. And the coverage and the aftermath of the day after Christmas and the win, a 47-7 win. And here was my conversation with Bruce Arians leading the Bucks, where no coach since John Gruden in 07 has led them. That's to the postseason. Congratulations overall on the day after Christmas getting into the playoffs. What are your thoughts immediately after this one, uh, not just for yourself but for your team? Oh, really happy for our guys, especially the ones who have been Bucks for a long time and uh, haven't had a chance to, to taste what the playoffs are like. And, uh, you know, we'll gear up for next week and see where we're seated and uh, um, see what happens next week against Atlanta. But really, really excited. It was a great, great feeling in the locker room. Um, really, really happy for our guys. You elected winning the toss to take the football right away, and you went down the field and got a touchdown right away, and the mentality seemed to be try to put the dagger in the Lions in the first quarter. Just tell me more about that thought process and what your team was able to execute and do. Yeah, normally we would defer and uh, try to score before the half and then get the ball in the second half and, and, and take the game over. Uh, this week, Tom and I talked about it, and he was very comfortable. You know, he's going against the same defense for 20 years up in New England. So he said, hey, let's, you know, I said, let's, you, what do you think about taking the ball? He said, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go attack. And, uh, and we really did. We did a great job. You set the tone with the touchdown to Rob Gronkowski. I know it's all the way back in the first quarter and the first score of the game, but he, he put touch on it, and Gronk again showed the ability to get down the field and then outfight a defender like he's done his whole career. Yeah, great play, man. Just he's so big. I mean, his catch radius is still huge. And uh, Tom put a dime in there on him and uh, did a great job of, of finishing the play. Another huge effort from Mike Evans today, who comes up with 181 yards. He was a big factor in this first half. Caught the second touchdown of the game. Uh, you know, later on, caught another touchdown from Blaine Gabbert in the game. 
I know you've not seen the coach's tape, but Mike had a huge day. What are, what are your thoughts about the way he played? Yeah, we knew this was a game we were targeting, Mike. And, uh, you know, once we got the lead, we were going to do everything we could to get him this record. And um, he deserves it. The guy, nobody works harder. Nobody's more unselfish than Mike Evans. And he deserves to have this record. So, you know, getting 180 today, I wish we could have got it all today. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll find a way to get him the rest of it next week. I know the Lions were in disarray with the coaching staff. Matt Stafford goes out with the ankle injury. But your defense obviously locked in in the first half of this game, didn't allow them to make plays. Assess how they played, especially in the first half when this game was decided, Coach. Yeah, I hate that Matthew Stafford got hurt because I'm a big fan of his. And uh, But it, our guys did a great job defensively. You know, they, they pitched a shutout today. They got seven points, but it wasn't on the defenses and special teams. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about halftime about keeping this shutout for the defense, and they did a great, great job. You know, you have so many weapons on offense. You were using Cameron Bray in the first half. You threw a touchdown to Chris Godwin, uh, Tom Brady did. You threw a touchdown to Antonio Brown. I know I, I ask you this, but I don't tire of this because it's a good way to, to have to bring this up over and over again. You have so many different guys that you can go to. Can you just speak uh, to the wealth of, of options that Tom Brady has? Yeah, Tom does a great job. You just distribute it because your guys are going to go win. And the people want to play us in man-to-man, -man, pick your poison. And, uh, you know, Tom does a great job of, of mixing it around. And uh, if they want to double cover Mike, then you're going to have to deal with those other three or four guys. And uh, he did a great job taking his check downs today when, when they played deep soft zone. So I thought, you know, when you, you have a 158 rating and 300-some yards at halftime, you play pretty good. No doubt about that. You, we have talked to you so much about veteran leadership on this team, and you have been obviously in a lot of winning situations, playoff winning situations. Just speak to not only Brady and Gronkowski, Jason Pierre-Paul, Mike Evans, who's a veteran, Levante David, who's a veteran, Shaq Barrett, etc. What does that mean to have all of those guys this time of year when you need it the most? Yeah, it makes it easy for a coach. I mean, I don't have to say much, and I don't usually talk to the team about things. I talk to those guys you just mentioned, and they get the, they get the message across. And, uh, you know, they're such great leaders and great players. It's, it's not hard as a coach. You just got to point them in the right direction. Okay, there's going to be a lot of discussion and speculation as to uh, next week. we got to let a lot of games play out here. You're obviously in control of your own destiny to be at least the six, if not the five seed in the playoffs. What will the mentality be this week in practice and getting ready to rematch the Falcons, a team you just saw last week? What will this be like? Win the game. Uh, I don't care who plays. Win the game. And, uh, you know, we had a bunch of young players playing the second half and all played really well and well. Um, whoever plays, win the game. Uh, we'll see if our, if our seeding uh, is in jeopardy. We'll, we'll probably play more guys, but uh, we just have to wait and see. For now, though, congratulations. On the day after Christmas, they are very excited back here in the Tampa Bay area, Coach, because we're saying Buccaneers in the playoffs. You like the sound of that? Love it. Merry Christmas to all the Bucks fans. Indeed, a Merry Christmas for the Buccaneer fans everywhere. I've heard from so many of you off the air on Saturday on the day that I'm taping this podcast and we're releasing it Saturday night for the weekend whenever you're hearing it. Thanks for finding us, but we headed out right after the game because of the playoffs. So pumped about the playoffs. 
Uh, people, one friend of mine said, I've, I've almost forgotten what this is like. It's true. It's been a while, but the Bucks are in. The drought is over by virtue of this victory. Let's hear more from Tom Brady. Another record-breaking day for him. No Buccaneer quarterback had ever thrown for 340 yards and four touchdowns in a single half, much less a first half. That's what Brady did. In fact, only two times since 1991, and they were still researching Saturday night, only two times since 1991 had a quarterback had a half, had a half where he threw for 340 or more yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions. Tom Brady has both of them, by the way. Not Dan Marino, not Peyton Manning, not Drew Brees, not Brett Favre, not Patrick Mahomes. No other quarterback has ever had 340 and a four-touchdown half with no picks ever in the last almost 30 years of football, except Tom Brady twice, once with the Patriots, and now this one uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here was the Bucs quarterback talking to the media about getting this win, securing the playoffs, and more. Yeah, we played pretty good uh, the first half today. Played really good the whole game. Blaine went in, went in and did a great job. Uh, it was great to see. And um, a lot of guys made plays. Mike made a bunch. Chris made a bunch. Uh, AB made a bunch. Tyler made one. Keyshawn made some. Leonard did. Uh, you know, so it was just a great effort by by the whole team. And um, just happy for all of us to win the game. And it's great to be 10-5. and five. Uh, We were 8-5. and five. Uh, We 7-5 at the, at the bye week. And then won three straight. So, been really important. And, um, you know, we got another big one next week against Atlanta. And then whatever happens after that is is bonus for all of us. So, hey Tom, you're gonna have to go to wild card route, Tom. And uh, you know, in 07, you saw a team get hot and uh, and what they can do with the wild card route. Uh, does that phase you at all, Tom? And uh, does this season make it a little bit easier in terms of empty stadiums, maybe going on the road? Uh, you know, we got a home game next week against Atlanta, so. That's that's what I'm thinking about. I'm going to try to go out and play great football next week. And didn't play very good in the first half of Atlanta. Um, I only played one half today. So, you know, i got to go out there and, and, and uh, you know, play well next week. Hey, Tom, congratulations on the win. A lot of your Patriots teammates were accustomed to making the playoffs during your time there. This is the first playoff trip for most of the Buccaneers, especially some old Buccaneers like Levante, David, and Will Golston. Do you have an appreciation for what those guys are feeling right now? Yeah, I'm happy for, you know, certainly just happy we won the game. And, um, you know, we're 10 and 5, and I know that that gets us a spot. Um, but I think there's still, you know, a big week ahead of us for preparation and, and improving as a team. And, um, you know, we're playing better, playing more, you know, just consistently. Um, and it's been great to see. And I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who have worked hard to get to this point. You know, 10 wins gets you something this year in the NFL, which gets you a spot in the playoffs. Um, you know, there's going to be a bunch of teams that make it this year. And there's only going to be one team that ends up happy. So the more time we can spend improving as a team, improving as a quarterback that I need to do, then the better it is for us. Hey, Tom, first off, congratulations. Um, Michigan has has been a very special place for you, right? Um, and I know that 300 career games, you talked about it already this week. It's certainly a milestone. But for you to go out there um, and to perform the way you did, even in just a half of football, um, you know, one of your best halves, if not your best half of football in your career, what did it mean for you to be able to do that and in turn clinch a playoff berth at the same time? Just how special was today's performance for you? Well, I, I love playing and I, I, the teammates that I have, um, I've always feel like, you know, I never want to let them down. So 
I know it's been that way for, you know, 21 years of my career. I just try to show up and do the best I could do every week and every day and realize that the competition isn't only on Sunday. The competition's every day of the week. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of guys on this team this year that have made a great commitment to one another. And we're committed to being the best we could be. And I know um, at different times we haven't uh, played the way that we're capable of playing. And when we do play where we're capable of playing, we're pretty tough to beat. So we got to figure out how to do it more consistently uh, in the best possible way. And uh, we play another division opponent at home. And, um, you know, I'm going to be excited to get out there and play and, and uh, see what we can accomplish. Hey, Tom, in these three straight wins, it's also notably three games with, with no offensive turnovers, uh, not only for you, but for the whole offense. I just want to ask you how critical it is that you guys play as clean as you are heading into the playoffs. It's important. I mean, turnover turnover differential and turnover margin is one of the great stats in football. And um, anytime you don't turn it over, you, you're, you're making the other team score on a long field. And um, if every drive ends in a kick, you know, I think you're doing pretty good on offense. So... I, I try not to turn it over. I know I have turned it over a few too many times this year. Um, I'd like to turn over never. And, uh, you know, it always feels good when you come out of a game without turnovers. Um, obviously, the slow starts had been a sore spot. That wasn't the case today. What was the key to the very fast start today? Just good execution. I mean, I, the guys were making plays for me all over the field. And, you know, I try to just give them opportunities. And, and you know, we have a lot of playmakers. And, um you know, they just went up and made a bunch of great plays. The line did a great job blocking. Um, you know, we we're just really, you know, consistent, dependable. And it was uh, it was needed. It was a big game for us. One more game to go is right. Go finish 11-5. and five. The right mentality. The Bucks have come off their late season bye and won three straight. And are rolling. Uh, again, I make reference to, I understand people are going to knock the level of competition but it only matters how many do you win. And you're supposed to bury bad teams, and that is exactly what the Bucks did on Saturday. And you really look like the last six quarters of football, you look like a team that can do damage in the playoffs. The second half of the Atlanta game and this entire game with the Lions. And I know some of that is skewed by playing a bad team. But for right now, you're getting a confidence builder. you got to blow out win. And I'm probably happiest, I say this again for this guy, and I'll say it during the conversation from our Hooters postgame show earlier this evening at the time that I'm taping this podcast, Levante David, number 54, former second-round pick out of Nebraska, uh, a guy that's been here for nine seasons uh, through coaching change after coaching change, defensive scheme change after defensive scheme change. He has stuck it out, Buck fans, through thin and thin. He's in the postseason. And I know Mike Evans has been here. This is his seventh year for a while waiting. And guys like Ali Marpet uh, and Donovan Smith on that offensive line have been waiting. But hey, Levante David, somebody special. And I love talking with him on our Buccaneers radio postgame coverage. Ronnie, thanks very much. A 47-7 beatdown of the Detroit Lions, and I have been looking forward to talking to this man for a lot of reasons, not the least of which <laughs> is to get to say to Levante David, congratulations on being in the playoffs. Congratulations. Uh, again, everybody, it's a team effort. Everybody's excited. Everybody's thrilled. I think we're the most thrilled for you for how long you've been here waiting for this moment. So just just give me a thought on that. We'll talk about the game in a second. But give me a thought on you're finally in, my friend. Congrats. Yeah. Hey, TJ, it's good to hear your voice, man. It's been a while. Hope, hope all is well. Great to hear <laughs> but, uh, yours as well. Tell me more. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's a great feeling, obviously. Uh, 
bittersweet, man. It's just, you know, I guess this is what it feels like. You know, this is what it feels like. You know, everybody coming to the locker room smiling, being able to be, being able to compete for a championship. And that's what you play the game for. And uh, it took, you know, obviously it took me nine years to do. And uh, to be able to be here and be in this position, man, can't be. So, I mean, I'm very proud, like you said, man. It's a team thing, man. I can't be so much proud of my teammates. Those guys, you know, stuck through it, stuck with it, you know, through the ups and downs throughout the season. You know, uh, so, uh, so being in a position we're here now, man, all we got to do is just keep on pushing forward, uh, get where we want to be at the end of the year. All right, about this game, uh, the offense obviously took the ball, went down and scored right away. We knew the Lions were in disarray with the coaching staff, yep. et cetera, but what was the mentality out on that field in the first half when you guys blew them out? Uh, the mentality was just dominate. Just dominate, man. We we can't control what they got going over there, going on over there. All we do is control what we do. And uh, you know, before the game, we usually if we went and toss, we usually defer. But coach wanted the ball, so I knew where where it was headed, what his mindset was, and uh, what our offensive mindset was. So he uh, we were able to go out there and drive down the field, man, and score and uh, make a statement. And uh, we kept our foot on, uh, kept kept our foot on the next man and kept on pushing. And I uh, was able to get a, a convincing win today. Uh, everybody came out good, so uh, that's just something that I'm very happy about. When you're looking around at other veterans like a Jason Pierre-Paul, a Shaq Barrett, uh, William Golston has been here for a lot of years too, and you're looking at those guys right. around you. Uh-huh. Uh, how much? Do, how do you draw off of that? How much do you draw off of that uh, and their leadership with you in trying to get it done? I mean, it's, it's incredible, man, because I know when you got guys like that, you know they have your back, and you know they're going to give their all for you. And, uh, you know, especially Will, you know, Will basically been been here with me through the whole thing. And, uh, you know, seeing, been, been sharing a moment with him was incredible. I think he was one of the first guys that I hugged, you know, about the whole situation. So, um, you know, and uh, just being able to lean on guys who've been, been here before, it's a, a great thing to have. And, uh, you know, everybody's excited. But, you know, they know that some, some of the guys in our locker room know what it takes, you know, uh, to get to where we want to go. And uh, that's win the championship. I mean, we got the, the regular season job done to be able to get in the tournament. And now the next thing is, you know, just what next? You know, so that's what, that's our mentality right now. Uh, keep on pushing forward. We got one more regular season game left. Get a win out of that. And then uh, keep on moving forward. Finish the year strong. And uh, move forward and uh, get into the tournament and see where it goes from there. I know you got to go in a minute or two, but I, I, I've never had a chance to ask you about being in the playoffs, et cetera. I got to ask you about playing with Tom Brady. What a phenomenal first half the most devastating yeah. first half a buccaneer quarterback has ever had levante with 340 yeah. yards and four touchdowns what is it like day in and day out to be around this man have him as a teammate and see what he can do with the controls oh man it's incredible i mean he put up a, a full game numbers in the playoffs i mean in the first half sorry so a full game number in the first half you know, it was incredible to see but uh just the way he carries himself man his mentality He's a very positive guy, very encouraging guy, man. Just to have him in our locker room was great to have. It's definitely a, a boost for a lot of our young guys in the locker room to have him around. So, you know, uh, for him to just go out there and dominate and, you know, impose his wheel early because it's something that we wanted to do. And we was, over, we was able to go out there and accomplish it. Levante, I, I have sat with you so many times on radio shows and we had to talk about a loss or a tough season, et cetera. I am thrilled. I am thrilled that I get to say to you, say something to the Buccaneer fans about one more regular season game and then January 
playoff games. A lot of Buccaneer fans are going to hear this conversation, so say something to the Buck fans about being excited and being in the playoffs. Yeah, man. You know, Buck fans, it's been a long time coming. You know, we finally got it. Got a chance to compete for what we all want the most, and that's a championship. And, uh, you know, we know you guys got that room for us. Uh, we see it. Trust me, we see it. And then, uh, we just want you guys to continue to root for us because we know we're going to keep on going out there playing hard for you guys, man. We greatly appreciate it. And as always, go Bucks. Tremendous guy in the community, and what a job that the Buccaneers did to get in as a team, but feel feel elated for that guy. Uh, so many years. Resigned here when he could have tested free agency waters potentially a couple of years ago. Wanted to be a Buccaneer, and it has now worked out with Tom Brady showing up and the new coaching staff the last couple of years. Todd Bowles coaching that defense. Devin White, as I mentioned to him, JPP, Shaq Barrett, Indomitian Sue, Will Golston. These guys have been around. They're veterans, and they have come together here at the right time with this 47-7 win and a 10th win on the season. So congrats to the Bucs for that. All right, something special coming up now here on Nothing But, but Bucks. A great conversation with some historical perspective on the playoffs and more. Let's get to that conversation, then put a wrap on the podcast. Here we go. As promised earlier in the podcast, as I said, if there's anybody on the planet, Buccaneer fans, who knows more about the historical perspective of Buccaneer football, I don't know who they are or where they live, but I know who this man is. I know where he lives, and it figures that it would be somebody not even in our area or on our continent. The Paul Stewart, who runs the definitive, most comprehensive Buccaneer historical site that's out there, buckpower.com. If the Bucks are making the playoffs for the first time in 13 years, baby, who better to give me historical perspective than my man Scoop? Paul Stewart with me on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. My friend, congratulations. Because the Bucks are in, it has been a while, and we're all celebrating, and you're even celebrating in the UK. Yes, yes, I am, TJ. Just finished watching the game live over here. Of course, it's a Sunday, it's a Saturday night game for us because of the time difference. But yeah, it seems a very long time ago since uh, Ernest Graham scored a touchdown for the Bucks against the Giants in 2007, and we can celebrate that thing called playoff football again. <laughs> We do have the P word. We do have playoffs and with a week to spare, the Bucks clinching in the 16th week. So here's how we're going to go, do, go about this chronologically. We're going to talk about the game today first, and then I want to get into some historical perspective because, again, this man is a Buccaneer encyclopedia fans when it comes to it, my man Scoop here. Um, there had been so much question, so many questions about how would the Bucks look at the beginning of this game. We knew the Lions – in disarray as a coaching staff. Scoop, as I've been saying earlier in the podcast and playing the highlights, if you offered the start of a game to Bruce Arians or Tom Brady and said, you could pay five grand or 10 grand, $10,000 US, I don't know what that equates to in British pounds, for a start to the game, they'd have bought this start to the game. Two touchdowns immediately, defense all over the Lions, Matt Stafford hurt. Again, I have said a bunch about this game and the way it began. What are your thoughts having watched it over on your side of the Atlantic? I think it reminds me very much of, I mean, I know you're a big boxing fan, TJ, that you can have all these plans coming into a fight. And the first time you get hit in the mouth, all the plans go out of the window. And the Bucks hit the Lions in the mouth 
very hard on offense and defense, and you could see them visibly fold. They've had so much go against them, you could just tell their heart wasn't in it. Now, that's not to detract from the way the Bucks played. The offense was magnificent, moving up and down the field. The offensive line was just superb with the holes they were opening. It opened up the passing game. And, I mean, you know, you were expecting the white towel to be thrown in because it was that kind of performance by halftime. That's well said and a great analogy. I mean, when you start talking about things like Tom Brady, 340 yards passing and four touchdowns passing in the first half, when you're talking about the Buccaneers never having been up 34 or more to nothing in a first half, it was like a first-round knockout in that first half. Again, relay for us, what's that like to be watching, knowing the playoffs are on the line, to be watching that in week 16 for you? It was quite amazing. I was talking with a lot of guys on the Bucks Life Facebook page, which is a great place for Bucks fans to go. And you've got fans from all over the world talking there. And we're almost in a state of disbelief. You're sitting there watching this thinking, this can't really be happening. This, doesn't, this happens against the Bucks, not for the Bucks. And you sat there thinking, pinch me. It's really happening. We're not just going to win this game. We're not just going to the playoffs. We are putting the biggest exclamation point you can possibly make. And you almost got to the point of like, okay, can we just fast forward the second half? Because the Lions don't want to play. We don't really want to play. Let's just move on and, and start celebrating now. Run the clock. Run the clock and get out of here and, and come away with a 10th victory in a 47-7 blowout where Tom Brady didn't play the entire second half I did think it was interesting your thought on this the defense was still very hungry and there were a lot of the starters still playing in the fourth quarter and again we heard from Levante David just before you came on the attitude of that defense was stand on their neck stay on them they, they didn't want to allow a point as a defense yes they allowed a special teams punt return touchdown but there was a lot of pride in that fourth quarter do not let them get a cheap one on the defense with starters in there no, I think you could see that. And it's also interesting, you could see Mike Evans staying in the game on offense because they're trying to get him as close to the 1,000-yard season. And I've got no problem with personal milestones like that because you're doing it on behalf of the team. And it's like a badge of honor for the team. So, yeah, to see Levante out there, David White was still out there, JPP was still out there, it's fantastic. But then you saw some of the backups making big plays. Anthony Nelson got his first sack. Jeremiah Ledberg got his first sack. Herb Miller got on into Deception. That game, that ball's never going to leave his side. He's going to keep that forever. It was fantastic. So you could get the whole team could celebrate that success. Yep. And that's my man, Paul Stewart, talking with me here. Buckpower.com is the website. We're going to get as many plugs in as possible for Paul and for uh, Buckpower.com. Again, you are going to find no bigger historical resource website on everything Buccaneers, game recaps, all time roster of the players. A year by year stats, et cetera. It's all there, my friend. We just we continue to encourage the fans. If you want to know what happens with the Buccaneers, go to buckpower.com. Well, something we always do, TJ, is we have a what happened on this day in Buccaneer history. And on this day in 1993, a very good friend of ours called Dave Moore got his first ever NFL <laughs> touchdown reception. It was a real surprise shock win for the Bucs in Denver. They beat John yep. Elway's Broncos. And Dave Moore caught the first of his 24 touchdown passes. And that one is up on the, on the site today, celebrating Dave. 
How about that? I love it. He works, he weaves and works his magic in on all the, uh, the historical perspective. You'll be happy to know we've been talking about this as well. I'll repeat it here that it is the first time ever in any Buccaneer game, six touchdown passes, six combined, four for Brady, two for Blaine Gabbert. That had never happened before Saturday's win against the Lions. Did you have another historical nugget or anything else coming out of this one? Something like that is there have been several times when Bucs quarterbacks have had five touchdowns in a game, one of which was in the Super Bowl season in 2002. Brad Johnson had five touchdown passes. It was a game I was commentating on for British television, and I was sitting there in the studio really enjoying calling that one for all the British fans. <laughs> well, you, you made mention to me, you've done this a couple of times, you've worked a lot on British TV, and there is a fan base in the UK for American football. We were, heck, we were there a year ago for the third time, and, uh, and a lot of Buccaneer and NFL fans live in and around England, uh, and in and around the UK. Uh, but tell me a quick story because uh, in the 97 playoff run, when Tony Dungy turned the culture around and the Bucks got back in the playoffs for the first time at that time in 14 years and got back into the postseason in the 97 uh, season. Tell me a quick story, Paul. Well, I was working on British TV that season and we were coming to the end of the 97 season and the Bucks were about to make the playoffs and one of my co-hosts a guy called Keith Webster turned around to me and said well who do you think the Bucks are going to play and how, how do you think they'll do and I said to him Keith I have no idea how the playoffs work because I've been a Bucks fan <laughs> for 14 seasons I've never even seen them what is the this playoff thing you speak of I don't know what that is it was to me it was to me you finished week 16 you, start, and you, you then turned on again for the draft and you were then more concerned to when to pitchers and catchers report. So it was a whole <laughs> new experience. And then we got into the 97 game and we'll talk about this a bit more. But of course, you and I ended up talking on post-game radio 23 years ago. To I not believe it. Don't make me out to be such an old man. And it's, it's wild <laughs> that you got into the playoffs for the first time again in 14 years. Uh, 15, 15 seasons, but you get in the playoffs and you're playing the Detroit Lions, the team you played on Saturday and beat Scott Mitchell, Barry Sanders, and the Detroit Lions in the 97 playoffs. What a night that was. We, we know that this team will have to go on the road. That's the only difficult thing here is that unless something works out for the NFC Championship game, you're not going to play a home game at Raymond James Stadium. But uh, it's just it's special to be saying the P word. And you wanted to elaborate, too, when you go back in the historical perspective, Buccaneers beating the Lions and having it something to do with the playoffs. You go back in history, even to the orange jerseys uh, and back in the old days. Yeah, 1981, um, the Bucks and the Lions met in the season finale in the old Silver Dome. The Lions were undefeated at home that year. They were 7-0 behind Eric Hipple, who was their quarterback. Let it ripple with Hipple. And their backup quarterback was Gary Danielson, who you now hear on college commentaries. Mm -hmm. And it was a real winner-takes-all game. And Doug Williams connected with a good friend of mine, Kevin House, on an 84-yard touchdown pass. The late Leroy Silman combined with the late David Logan on a fumble return, and the Bucks won 20-17, and they made the playoffs because of that win in Detroit. How about that? So there's a lot of symmetry uh, in and around that. And again, we haven't had a lot of playoff seasons to go back and forth on. I got a quick story for you. I don't know that you've ever heard me tell this story. I've told it before on radio, but I'm about to tell it uh, again here that the last time the Buccaneers got to 10-5, and five, we're now 10-5 and five off the Lions game, was Christmas Eve scoop of 2005. And that was a win in overtime, a wild game with the Falcons. More on the game in a second. 
At that time, I was working basketball for the University of South Florida here in Tampa. We were playing a holiday tournament in Hawaii, about as far away as you can get and still call it the United States from Tampa, Florida. So I'm working in Honolulu basketball late night the whole week leading up to Christmas Eve, which was a Saturday, Paul, that year. And so I end up working the final game. My wife is with me. My, my parents are with me. We fly back all night Friday night from Honolulu. Overnight, red-eye flight through Dallas. Remember this well. Landed in Tampa a little after 11 a.m. for a 1 o'clock game. By the time we got to the car, got to the stadium, I got in the stadium about 12.15, about 45 minutes before the game. We had already pre-recorded the pregame interview with John Gruden, I believe. So I hadn't seen John Gruden until right before he ran, he ran out on the, on the field right before kickoff. I remember sticking my fist up for the fist bump and said, Coach, I flew 10,000 miles to make the playoffs today. And he said, I hear you. And he fist bumped me. Let's go win and ran, and ran by me. And then the crazy game, Scoop, uh, of the overtime game against Michael Vick and the Falcons for the Bucks to get to 10 and 5, pick it up there because that game had so much drama just in the overtime with the Bucks trying to clinch the playoffs in, in 2005, where Edel Shepard fumbles the opening kickoff of sudden death overtime, and you're looking at a loss. I'm standing down there on the sideline going, "This is a this is a loss," and uh, and what it was Dwayne White that blocked the field goal in 05 to keep the game alive. This was the game where Jim Mora, the <laughs> Atlanta head coach wasn't sure if a tie was still good enough to keep the Falcons in the playoff. And he actually got on the phone on the sideline and phoned, I think it would have been Rich, Rich McKay. Rich McKay. Rich McKay up manager, in the booth. And to ask him, and he got seriously fined by the NFL for breaking the rules or making the phone call from the sideline. But yet the game, it went backwards and forwards. We tied the score on a Cadillac Williams touchdown run with 25 seconds left. And then it went into overtime, 15 seconds left in overtime. Matt Bryan kicked the field goal and put the Bucks into the playoffs. So that was Christmas Eve of 05. And again, the connection to right now at the time that we're talking on Nothing But Bucks with Paul Stewart here on the podcast is that's the last time the Buccaneers have been 10-5. and five. They had a 10-win season in 2010, as you know, Paul. But the team was 9-6, and six, winning the 15th game in Week 16 and then won the final game in New Orleans to go 10-6, and six, losing out on a tiebreaker. The last year the Bucs made the playoffs, 2007, were 9-6 and six with a win in Week 16, the 15th game, 9-6. and six. That clinched the NFC South that year, so John Gruden elected to rest some players in the final game, and the team lost the final game to go 9-7. and seven. It has been a while, my friends, since we can talk about being 10-5 and five with one game to go. Something I always remember about the Super Bowl season, and people forget this, is the last game of that season, the Bucks played on the Sunday night in Chicago. Well, it was actually in Illinois because Chicago Soldier Field was being renovated. And the Bears were down to about their fifth-string quarterback. We had Rob Johnson playing. And we beat the Bears 15-0, but it was also the first time we'd won a game sub-40 degrees. So we'd almost got that monkey off the back before we went to Philadelphia in the Super Bowl season. So there's always things that happen. And because we got that win and the, and the Packers had lost, we got a bye. Brad Johnson got healthy. So you, you can be a good team to go in the playoffs, TJ. Sometimes you need the breaks to go your way. 
So this is why now the Bucks obviously clinched a playoff berth. We're not sure what seed they'll be, but this is where you now look for other things to maybe go your way. And the breaks can happen and the Bucks can then move from there because obviously home field advantage is nowhere near as important this year as it has been in the past. Yeah, it's incredible. And that, that team, again, won games at the end of the year to finish 12-4, and four, the best regular season the Bucks have ever had. You're about to see the possibility of matching that with an 11-5 and five season if the Bucks can win on Sunday. And again, you and I are taping this podcast, and it's being released on Saturday night, the day after Christmas. If fans are hearing it later on Sunday or Monday uh, of next week, the time we're taping, you already know how things have shook out, especially with Sunday with Seattle playing against the Rams, where again, the winner of that game is basically going to win the division and host a playoff game. So we could be talking about Buccaneers in L.A. against the Rams in a rematch or a first meeting in Seattle, depending on the playoff seed. It is the case, because I looked and double-checked this scoop, that if the Bucks win this game next week, they're at least the sixth seed and very likely the five seed. Because, again, in the scenario with Seattle, if they're in a head-to-head with Seattle, then that means you're going to win on common opponents to be the fifth seed. That's not official from the NFL. That's world according to TJ and Paul Stewart talking on the podcast. But for right now, it looks like on common opponents, the Bucks get a head-to-head tiebreaker win over the Seahawks. And the importance, again, Paul, of being in the five spot is you're going to play the NFC East team, Washington, Giants, we don't know again. You may know the results of the Sunday games. We don't know the results of the Washington football team or the New York Giants games or even the Dallas Cowboys-Eagles game as they're meeting head-to-head. But you want to be in that five-hole if you can be there to play the NFC East team as the opening playoff game. At least I'm saying that. What are you saying, Paul, real quick? Well, I certainly don't want to see any part of playing the Rams in the playoffs because twice the Bucs have played the Rams in the playoffs <laughs> 1979 and 1999, and um, well, we came second on both of those occasions. And, and did never, not score a touchdown in either game, 9 nothing and 11-6, right? The quirkiest score ever in the second go-around in 1999, right? So, yeah, so we don't want any part of the Rams in there. But then again, we've lost to the Redskins in the playoffs in 2005, and we lost to the Giants in the playoffs in 2007. So how about Seattle? Let's go to Seattle. <laughs> Maybe take, maybe take the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I'm just, I'm just thrilled that we're able to get in. I get another plug in for buckpower.com, this man's site, the historian of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The floor is yours. Would you like to say anything else on the day after Christmas, a big holiday? What a bonus, a Christmas extra present under the tree that the Bucs have clinched the playoffs already. Paul, the floor is yours. What else do you want to say about this situation as we go into the regular season finale, knowing the Bucks are in? Well, I think to paraphrase one of our favorite films, "Twas the night after Christmas, the quarterback was toast, and all the diehard Buccaneer fans around the world can celebrate." Now, it's a fantastic moment, TJ. And again, you know, you were talking about fans all over the world, and and the Buckaholics group, or some people you know, there are yes chapters of the Buckaholics fans all over the world. and The, they, guys the Buckaholics the may have like 300 or 400 members, right? And a lot of them are on the West Coast. Yeah. So who knows? And again, you can't go to the games if you're on the West Coast, but the West Coast Buck fans have got to be beside themselves right now. 
There's a group over here in the UK run by a very good friend of mine, Andy Finlay, and he's celebrating big time right now. And I think that's what it's about. It is one of those, if you've been to the playoffs every year, like the sort of Patriots fans have, they get used to it. They get very blasé about it. But for Buck fans, when you've waited so long, it's really special. So tonight is special. This weekend is special. So... You know, it's just fantastic and we can enjoy it. So congratulations to, to Coach Arians, to all the players, to, and also to Brian Ford and everybody at One Buck Place because what they've had to put in place to make this work in terms of the protocols is just incredible. And I don't think enough credit's been given to them. So really, for everybody in the Buccaneer community around the world, let's just enjoy this. It's fantastic because we are talking about the P word. The P word, the playoffs, and I was just thinking when you were saying that, we've already had a Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey Stanley Cup in this crazy COVID 2020 year. We've already had the Tampa Bay Rays make it all the way to the World Series and win a couple of games against the Dodgers. There was some questioning in November about with the way the Bucks had played and had lost a couple of games. Could they get in the playoffs? We not, just get in, baby. You're now in. You're now in, and let's see what happens if that follows up the Lightning and the Rays. I am all for it. Uh, we shall say, and do not count Tom Brady out, especially after what we saw Saturday. One more time, right, Paul? Yeah, it's just something. It's funny after um, when Doug Williams was always blamed for the for the Bucks not being in the playoffs for fourteen years. It was always the curse of Doug Williams because he <laughs> left. And then Doug found out many years later that I'd become a Bucks fan in '82. So he decided it was my fault. Well, <laughs> fast forward then on to the Super Bowl. And I remember you and I saw each other at Qualcomm Stadium that day. And I actually said, if we win today, I don't care if we have about 10 more losing seasons. So maybe now we know that the Super Bowl's enough of the past. We can enjoy this and let's get on with setting a new, a new era of Buccaneer winning football. We've had I, our second long I losing streak. Let's get back to the winning. It. I am all for it with this man. Again, buckpower.com is Paul Stewart's site. He's got the recap at the time you're hearing this. The recap's already up on the Lions win and the history-making win here on December the 26th, 2020. Crazy, crazy stuff, Paul Stewart. Anything else in closing before we go here yeah, on the podcast? Just, just one thing. I mean, Buck Power, it's, it's, it's about to enter its 20th year in existence. Um, it's something I love doing. I've met so many great Buccaneer fans from around the world. And I was looking today, in about three months' time, I will reach 100 million hits for that site <laughs> million hits it's just staggering that from over here in the uk so many buck fans around the world can enjoy it and long may it continue i cannot tell you how many times that we have conversations about the history that this the pr department does and we all come to the same conclusion which is call paul stewart get in touch with paul stewart he's got it on his site he's got something about the historical perspective again if you're a buccaneer fan buck buckpower.com can i say it five more times buckpower.com 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 is the website uh hey i've been saying this one more time say something to the buck fans you're talking to thousands of them that are hearing us on this podcast knowing that we're in the playoffs the floor is yours say something to the buck fans before you go my friend i think the best thing to say tj is we've obviously had 2020 has been a difficult year for people all around the world and we've all had to make sacrifices and appreciate what we've had so right now this is a even if it's just a small moment for us to put aside what else has been happening in the world we've got a passion for an american football team 
We've got a passion for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they've rewarded us for that passion. So let's just really appreciate it. If you see another Buccaneer fan in the street, wave to them, holler to them. Just really enjoy it because whatever happens, this is something we can remember for a long time. Back in the playoffs, my friend, thank you. Great job with this. Immediately after the Lions game is over, depending on when they're hearing us, who, who better to celebrate with than, than my, my brother from another mother across the Atlantic as a Buccaneer fan? And even though they can't see you, you should know, Buck fans, he is in a throwback orange jersey, which was apparently the good luck jersey, so you now have to wear that from here on out at the rest of this uh, playoff run, starting with the Falcon game next week. Paul, thank you. Great to be with you. Been a pleasure, TJ. Love that guy. Love his insight. Scoop, Paul Stewart, buckpower.com. And there you go with our conversation. And his site does a great job on the historical perspective. Relive all the Buccaneer playoff games, box scores, uh, video clips, uh, recaps. He's got it all on buckpower.com. And now you're in the playoffs for 2020. And again, one more time, because we're going into the weekend at the time we're taping the podcast, we don't know the results of all of Saturday and also on Sunday. Here's what we do know. The Bucks are in, and the Bucks right now are no worse than the fifth seed at this moment, at the time that we're talking right now, at 10 and 6. They could very well end up being the fifth seed. No worse than the sixth seed right now. Could end up being the fifth seed if they do win next week. Buccaneer win over the Falcons. They will, by our calculations, again, as I was saying to Paul, this is not from the NFL, they will be the fifth seed because one of two things will happen in the Sunday Seattle Rams game. Either Seattle wins and they win the division. They win Sunday. They've won the NFC West. Then at that point... A Buccaneer win is an 11th win that the Rams will not be able to get with one week to go and only nine wins. So if Seattle wins tomorrow, the Bucs are the five seed because they have more wins than the Rams or anybody else to be in the five hole for the NFC playoff wildcard slotting. If the Rams win on Sunday in this matchup at Seattle, then the Rams control their own destiny to win the final game of the year and they would be the West champions. They would hold the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. And the Buccaneers also have a tiebreaker over the Seahawks. It would come to common opponents, we believe. And the Bucs are absolutely going to get that tiebreaker over Seattle with a win in the final week. Seahawks could still lose in the final week as well. Nobody else can get to 11 wins besides either Seattle or the Rams at this point in time. So let's see what happens as it plays out. Go win the game. Like Bruce Arians said a little while ago here on the Hooters postgame coverage, go win the game, baby. If there's something on the line, win the game, get to 11 wins. And again, the importance of being in the five seed is you're going to play the NFC East team, whether that's the Washington football team playing Sunday with a chance to win the division, whether it's the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. Again, at the time we're taping, I don't know that result. You may already know that result if you're listening to us Sunday, Sunday night. Monday, you will know that result. But Washington could be the team that ends up, again, if, if they win with a Giants loss on Sunday, they are the East champs, and the five seed is playing at Washington, whoever it is. Again, if the Giants win, the division is still on even if Washington wins for the final week of the season where tiebreakers come into play, and the Cowboys need help, but the Cowboys are still alive too because if Washington loses and the Giants lose, the Cowboys can win and be alive in Week 17 to win the NFC East because that would be a sixth win for Dallas. So let's see what happens with the East, 
Where do the Bucks end up being slotted? We'll find out. We do know this. Extra day of rest after the Christmas weekend, and you now will play an Atlanta team that, again, I don't know the result. They're playing Kansas City in Kansas City, and they're likely going to get beaten badly by Mahomes in Kansas City. So Atlanta will likely limp in, uh, being blown out, more than likely, and being 4-11, a chance to put them away early, just like you did the Lions, and be ready to roll into the playoffs as the five seed for the Buccaneers. That's what's on the line. How long are the starters going to play? What are you going to have to do against Atlanta to try to get that win? We'll find out. That scenario is all for the buildup and the pregame coverage against the Falcons for next week. Let's see what happens uh, here again with the Sunday football and what the slotting might or might not be and where the Buccaneers could go. Again, in the three position, in the three hole, that is likely the NFC West champion, whether that's Seattle or the Rams. So a couple of scenarios in play to maybe be playing the three seed, which again, you want the Buccaneers to win. I believe they will win easily at home against the Falcons. And even if you only win seven to six, who cares? Just win the game. You'll be the five seed, as I laid out before on the scenarios. We believe that. The NFL hasn't said that. We believe the NFL will say that early next week, that the Buccaneers control their own destiny to win Sunday and be no worse than the five seed. Here, coming up. So stand by for that. Uh, and then you've got a chance to play the NFC East team. At the worst, you're the sixth seed and you're playing the West team, most likely either Seattle or a rematch with the Rams. We will find out what happens. In any event, we are done for now on Nothing But Bucks. Thank you for being with me. Uh, my thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. My thanks to Paul Stewart. Uh, from BuckPower.com. Love the conversation, the historical perspective with him here on the podcast. It's what we do here on Nothing But Bucks. Get ready for a great week of buildup and a chance to be 11-5. Bucks have not been 11-5 since 2005 when they won the division and made the playoffs. Now you know you're a wild card, but you've got a chance to match that at 11-5 here and be no worse than the fifth seed. Let's go get a win in the rematch with the Falcons coming Sunday. We don't know the game time. It will probably be changed uh, uh, it's currently right now believed to be a 1 o'clock game, probably going to end up being a 4 p.m., 425 game because of the Western teams that are involved here and playoff seating. Don't know that for sure. The NFL will decide whether they're leaving it at 1 p.m. or whether the game will be a 425 start. We'll wait for that announcement in the coming days as well for the Bucks. Whenever it's on Sunday, we're on one hour before on Buccaneers Radio. With all the pregame coverage, you'll hear from Coach Bruce Arians, all of our uh, insight from Raymond James Stadium at this one, and then Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore will call the game on Buccaneers Radio. It, live every moment of it uh, here in 2020 as the Bucks go for playoff seeding Sunday and an 11-win season that hasn't happened in 15 years in Tampa Bay, if you can get that, for Sunday with Tom Brady and company. Let's go for it. Hope you had a great Christmas weekend. Everybody stay safe. We're headed to the new year, by the way. We'll talk to you in the new year for Sunday, January 3rd's game with Atlanta. Time to be determined. And hopefully we're talking about a Buccaneer big win headed into the playoffs. For now, we are done. Subscribe away to this podcast off of the Buccaneers mobile app or wherever you get podcasts. It'll come automatically to you as we'll be recapping the Falcons game and talking playoff position, the postseason, and more on the next edition of Nothing But Bucks. Bye.